I'm going to do the scripture reading a little different today. You can turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 21. And there's going to be a little commentary along the way. Isaiah 43, but now, this is what the Lord says. Does that get your attention? This is what the Lord says. Not me. So you can bank on this, right? This is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. Now Isaiah is writing to the children of Israel, God's chosen people. Do you know what's great about that? That's you. That's you. That's me. <laughs> Thank the Lord. That's me too. I've created you, Ian. I formed you, Ian. Don't be afraid. Because I, I've redeemed you. And we know that because we're going to take communion today, right? That's the redemption. I've redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. I've called you out. Because there's something that I, I, I have given you to do that only you can do. I have called you out because you are mine. That should grab your attention. Though written thousands of years ago, it's a personal message to you. In the midst of all that you're going through, don't be afraid. I've called you out. I've called you by name. Because you're mine. Because when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers... They will not sweep over you. That's a familiar feeling, isn't it? You ever feel like you're just drowning? That what you're in, the circumstance that you're facing, is taking you down river and you can't stop it. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. I was given that verse years ago in the situation that I was facing. Totally out of my control. But man, I thought I was going to come out charcoal. Ever been there? Now, so I take this verse and I'm like, God, you've given me this verse about this situation. You're showing me that you're going to walk me through this fire and that I'm not going to get burned. And I loved his response. You're not going to get burned. You may come out smelling like smoke but you're not going to get burned. 
And I'm like, why? Why even smell like smoke? So that you can testify to my greatness. Sometimes the things we go through leave residue. Sometimes they leave scars. But they are testimonies to the goodness of the Lord. You will walk through the fire and you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I give you Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Sheba in your stead. Instead of the fire, instead of the water, instead of those things that are overtaking you, I give you reward for being faithful through the fire, for being faithful as the rivers are coming up around your neck. I give these things to you because of your faithfulness. Because you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you. Because I love you. Just because I love you. I will give you men, I will give men in exchange for you, and people in, in exchange for your life. So do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give up them. Meaning, give up whoever is holding things that are rightfully yours hostage. God can turn things like that. What you think isn't always what it seems. How many times do we live on, well, it looks like such and such is going to happen, and it's never positive, is it? It looks like, well, this is going to go, oh, I know how this is going to go. I've been in this, man. I've been in this rodeo before. It's just going to go south. Can God not change things immediately? Can He change the heart of man? Can He not release those things that are rightfully yours for you. Yes. He can. Does he? Absolutely. Because as we think things are going to plan out and or pan out a certain way, and sometimes they shift and they don't, and all of a sudden it's just, oh well, that's going to work out even better. Right? A lot of times our perspective is not the way God sees it. But God is saying, look, I will take those things that have been taken from you and are held and release them to you. There was a time when we were living in North Carolina that a friend of mine asked me to go to a meeting. I had nothing to do with his meeting. It was his. He was work. He was, it was his job and stuff. I just He asked me to go along for the ride, so I went. So I'm sitting in this business meeting, and after this business meeting comes up, 
it finishes up, this gentleman comes up to me and he says, I feel like I just need to ask you to pray about something for me. And I'm like, okay, fire away. He's like, we're trying to sell our house. I said, okay. And it was a, a significant number. And he's like, well, we need this number. And I'm just like, okay. So, you know, the Bible tells us if we pray those things according to the Lord's will, not necessarily our will, but the Lord's will, then he will answer them. So I really felt like the Lord was going to bless this gentleman with the sale price of his house. So that's what I prayed. And then I felt like, and I know that I'm going out there, but I felt like the Lord told me that this gentleman was going to tithe the sale of that house to our soup kitchen ministry in North Carolina. I gave him my phone number. Two days later, his house sells for the asking price. He never mentioned once about, hey, can I get your address? Because <laughs> I got a tithe check I want to send. Nothing, nothing, ever. So it faded off. I had an option. Did I believe that the Lord told me that that money was going to come as far as a tithe to our, our ministry, to our organization? Or was I just going to write it off and let it go? I chose to believe it. Why not? Two weeks later, I get a call from my pastor and go down and I meet with him. And he says, I understand that you guys are moving to Virginia. I said, yep. And he says, well, the Lord put this on my heart to give you this. He goes and he hands me this check. And I look at it and I'm like, man, that's more than the tithe check should have been off of that house. And the only thing I heard the Lord say to me was, with interest. So there are things that God promises us. There are things that the Lord has for us. That sometimes the enemy might steal. Because that's his job, isn't it? To steal, kill, and destroy. But the Lord is the one who makes things right. That's when he's talking here and he says, I will say to the north, give up them and I will say to the south do not hold them back the promises and the things that I have given to you children of Israel I will tell the north or the south to give those things back and to bring your sons and daughters from afar from the very ends of the earth everyone who is called by my name whom I created for my glory and whom I formed and made this I will do for you that's a pretty powerful promise, isn't it? At this point in Isaiah 43, the Lord goes and He says, He's talking again to the children of Israel. Since I've done all of these things and want to do all these things from you, here is what you are to do. Lead out those who have eyes but are blind. Those who have ears but are deaf. All the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Which of them foretold this and is proclaimed to us of the former things? God challenges them at this point. Those nations who have foretold of promises and these former things... God says, let them bring in their witnesses to prove that they were right. 
so that others may hear and say that it is true. But the Lord says to you, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord. You are my servant whom I, whom I have chosen, and that you know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved. I have proclaimed. I am not some foreign God that is among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, from the ancient of days, the Lord says, I am He. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? Right there, we struggle with doubt. Because the Lord can promise us something, and the Lord can share something with us, but then we start to struggle, don't we? And we doubt, and we worry, and we fret, and we decide that, you know what, maybe I need to have... 10 backup plans? <laughs> because you know what? One of my backup plans is going to fail, so I need to be prepared for that. And so then we find ourselves running all of these crazy scenarios about how to make things go the direction we want them to go when the Lord is saying, trust me. Trust me. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring down as the fugitives all the Babylonians. Remember, Israel and Babylon had a big fight back and forth all the time. Israel was always going into captivity. Here the Lord is saying, you know what? I'm going to free you. I'm going to free you from the things that have held you down that stop you from being what I created you to be. I will bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. Because I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who has made a way through the sea. Did you catch that? He has made a way through. He's not in the process of making it. There is a path. Now, He may show us our next step. He may not light up the whole path, but there is a path. There is a path through the mighty waters. He drew out the chariots and horses, the armies and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. He's referring to the Red Sea. And when the Egyptians were chasing the children of Israel to put them back in the captivity that he had just freed them from. Forget the former things. That's a tough sentence right now. That's a tough sentence. Do not dwell on the past, because see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. 
Do you not see it? I think that's an interesting point here for our church. Because we have seen over and over and over these new things that God is doing. Do we perceive it? Yes, we do. But we need to let the past be the past. I'm not saying turn your back on those things, but understand that God sees them as things that have happened. And those things that have happened are sometimes those fires that we feel like we're just going to be burned in or we're going to be suffocated by. Sometimes it's those waters that are crashing over top of our head and taking us downstream and we just can't stop it. But the Lord is telling us that He has made a way through those things. Don't dwell on the things of the past. Find joy and glory and worship and praise in the things that He is doing and the things that He is going to do. The Lord gives us more promises here. I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the howls and the owls, because I provide water in the desert. The wild animals honor me. There are unchurched people who love God more than we would ever know. There are unchurched people who love God. And the things that God is doing in us and through us, God is using those things as an open invitation for those people to come in and understand that they're loved and they're cared for. The wild animals praise God. The promises God continues to give us because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I give drink to my people, my chosen one. The people I formed for myself. Here's the kicker. That they may proclaim my praise. All of what we talked about all of your past, all of the rivers that you feel like are sweeping over you, all of the fires you think that are going to burn you, all the times that you feel like you're in the wilderness with no water, there's nowhere to go, when you feel like there's not a direction and that your life is pathless, there is a way of escape. There is a path to follow. There is provision waiting for you. So that you will proclaim His praise. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! One of the probably most awaited New Years for quite some time, right? Unfortunately, We've been dealing with 2020 and all of what we were dealing with at midnight on December 31st really hasn't stopped, has it? 
But, church, something has shifted. In all of what we've shared and all of what we've talked about and the promises that we've read this morning, there's never been a sense of hope for change or a turning our eyes towards heaven and belief that we have God is stepping into our chaos to be there for us and with us than we are experiencing at this time. There's an understanding, a belief in our hearts that that something is different, something has shifted, something is new, and that we, the church, but our church has stepped into something God-ordained, something that's heaven-focused and life-changing. 2021 will prove to be a year that is just that, life-changing for you and I if we allow it. Now, I understand that I did not say easy, right? I did not say easy. 2020 was not easy, but we've grown. We have realized our strengths that we didn't know we had. We have realized character flaws that we may not have known we had or others weren't so willing to share with us until it became very open and apparent. But we realize that some of these flaws need to change. We've embraced change in areas that we didn't know we needed. And now looking back, we see that God, through all of this madness, has brought forth His church, empowered and strengthened, more loving and more compassionate than we have experienced in a long time. The trials that we have faced at this point, they're not over. There are some things that have left part of our hearts reeling in pain and loss and searching for hope, looking through all things that are needed just to grab a glimpse that God is there and that He's walking us through because He is. All that we're facing, we need to understand and know that God's here. He hasn't left us. He hasn't abandoned us. He is here, and we have allowed Him to be more present than ever. In our hurt and in our pain, He is here, and He's in the midst of our questions, and He is at the center of your why. For His light will break through, and you will see the work of His hand in a different light. You will see where He is taking you through your circumstance and that there is an, another side. And that through your pain, He will greatly multiply it into joy. Because that's what God does. That's who He is. He multiplies the goodness of who He is into the abundance of what you need. Did you catch that? The Lord multiplies the goodness of who He is into the abundance of what you need. Whether it's water into wine, feeding of the 5,000, the quail in the wilderness, the water out of the rock. The, that God will take His goodness towards you and multiply it into an abundance of what you need. God is the multiplier. He is the God of one of, the, of our abundance of provision in what you need 
in what is coming and the things that are being made new, He is already doing those things. He is ahead of us. The Lord has released several promises for this year. That there is a light dawning. There is a new hope for tomorrow in 2021. That there is a time that His freedom has been released and that this year a new thing is coming forth. We need to be prepared. We need to be prepared. We must realize and embrace that what He is doing and what He is allowing. You know, as believers, we marvel at the stories in the Bible that the children of Israel were delivered by the Egyptians and, and how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were brought out of the fiery furnace. It's amazing how Daniel was rescued from the lion's den and that how Jesus went and healed the man at the pool of Bethesda and the woman with the issue of blood. It's amazing how Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. But we cannot forget that these testimonies of God's amazing intervention and miracles are to be celebrated. But, but we need to remember, the children of Israel, they were in slavery. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had to go in the fiery furnace. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. And the people that Jesus healed, they were sick. It goes without saying that the darkest is, comes before the dawn, and many of us have been there in 2020. Some of us are there today, and some of us are heading in that direction. But it's okay. God knows. He has a plan to comfort our hearts, to bring peace to us, and deliver us out of the darkness, to bring us into His marvelous light. Remember I said that it wouldn't be easy. I never said it was going to be easy. But each one of these situations, God put Himself on display so that we may worship Him. God does promise that He will make a way through the wilderness, that He provides streams in the wasteland, that He gives us a new perspective of the issues of life as we're walking through them. He does deliver hope for tomorrow, and He gives us joy in the moments. 2021 has begun, and the Lord has released a new hope in our hearts for what He is doing in our midst. He's doing for these things for, for us individually. And He's doing it for us corporately. But He is there for you. For you. Everything that you're facing, He is there. He is in the middle of it. You're not alone. Because He is rising you up out of where you are so that He is on display and so that people will see Him and know Him for who He is. And people will come to you as they watch you walk this path that God has laid out in your personal wilderness. People will come to you. They will want to know, what is your secret? How are you getting through this? 
I got one word. Witness. That's what, the, that's what Isaiah 43 was saying. You are my witnesses. You are my proclaimers. The Lord is releasing hope into us, and we are stepping into something new that God has for us to do, individually and corporately. Our region is shifting spiritually like n- nobody has, has really seen around. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I have people from all over the country that call and talk to me about what God is doing here in Bel Air and go, man, can you share more? Because I just don't see it where I'm at. That's part of the hope that God is instilling in us. The Lord is releasing this hope. But we have to choose. We have a choice. Here's our choice. Will will we embrace what He's doing or not? For the Lord says, I have brought you to a place where you must choose. Will you follow the way that I have laid out before you, or will you continue down the path that you're familiar with? Which will you choose? The familiar path will lead to familiar results. The way I have brought forth will lead you to more than you could understand. It's okay for you to not see the outcome. But will you trust me? For this is where hope, surrender, and trust must come together. And it will solidify our relationship with the Lord. It is at this point that you will experience God. Where you will meet one-on-one and where your relationship with Him will deepen. What will you choose? This morning we've read about a lot of promises that God has shared with us. Many purposes that we have. Reasons why we were even created. Communion is a time to get personal. Communion is a time to get personal. It's a time of remembering what Jesus did for us on the cross. It's a time of cleansing ourselves. Confession between you and the Lord. Examining yourself, examining your faults, our shortcomings. Confessing our sin to the Lord and asking forgiveness from God. Sometimes it's asking forgiveness from one another or... Forgiving someone. This is a time of getting things right as we step into the new. It's also a time of answering questions. What will you choose? Will you choose this new and different path that the Lord is inviting us on? We don't know the outcome, but we know it's good. Because we have a promise. All things work together for good to those who love Him. Three things. 
remembering what Jesus did for you. Cleansing yourself, confession. There's some things that church, myself included, needs to get cleaned up. To go before the Lord. Remember that He died on the cross, that God sent His only begotten Son to shed His blood for me. The brokenness of the body. The juice that represents His blood was shed for me. But there's things in my life that needs to be examined. Forgiveness needs to be asked. I need to clean the slate so that I can step into what He is doing and what He wants to do with me. This is the time. And third, to choose. One of our favorite words throughout 2020 here at church has been abnormal. Right? Abnormal. Things aren't going the way that they used to. Things are being done differently. God is leading on those things, and we're not normal. 2021, for us, is a further commitment to go, you know what, I'm going to follow. Things may not be what we expected. 2020 has certainly not been that. But God is doing a new thing. And we know He is. And so today is just a further time of commitment to follow His lead and to trust Him and to praise Him and to worship Him through it. Next week, we're going to learn where we're heading. We're going to talk about where we're going. I wanted to do that this week. Where I used to work, we uh, had a caricature sketch artist come in. I may have told you guys this. Guess what they did of me? Cheerleader. Today wasn't so much cheerleading, was it? But it needed to take place for where we're heading. Next week is going to be about cheerleading. It's where we're going, where God is taking us, what's happening. And what we get to be a part of in what He's doing. We are in exciting times, church. We are in exciting times. Because of what is coming. History tells us that there's been several great awakenings here in America. First great awakening, second great awakening. Churches were filled to capacity, people praying, asking and under, trying to understand what does God want from them? What is He doing? But just a crying out to who He is so that He would meet us where we are. There is another revival on its way. It's already happening. It is not the third great awakening. It's not. It's the greatest awakening. The greatest awakening. And for whatever reason, God has seen fit to choose this place as an epicenter for Him to flow up out of. And we are a part of that. But it starts with Believing the promises that God's given us. It starts with cleansing our hearts. Removing the barriers in our relationship with Him. And prayer.
and prayer. So next week we're going to talk about where are we heading and where God is taking us. Can I tell you I love being a part of this church? I hope you feel the same. I love being a part of this church in what God is doing, in what He has brought together to do what He wants to do through us. So let me pray for you, and then we'll be dismissed. Father, Lord God, I thank You for this time that You've given us. Father, how You have etched things into our hearts for us to be thinking on, to meditate on, to surrender to You, to let go, to allow our past to be our past. And Father, that You have given us promises to get us through these wildernesses that we're in, to make a path, to give us streams in deserts, to keep the fires from burning us, for lifting us up out of the pits that we find ourselves in, for Your protection. God, we thank You for releasing us into freedom, for bringing us out of captivity, for taking those things that the enemy has stolen and hidden away, God, that You are bringing them back to us. For Your glory, for Your purposes, that we may praise You. So, Father, this week, I ask for Your protection over this congregation. I ask for Your angels to be in defense of the attacks of the enemies against us. I ask for Your hope to flood over us, that You, the Holy Spirit, who is the living water, will, will spring up within us and bubble to the surface, and that our faces will shine with the glory of heaven. So, Father, we love you, and we do, we worship you. We thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen.